Hey everyone, this is Jordan from New St. Andrews College. I just want to invite you to join us for our upcoming Perspective Student Weekend, which is from April 13th to 16th. This is the same weekend as the Grace Agenda Conference, so if you're headed over to Moscow for that, you can register your visit also for the Perspective Student Weekend at nsa.edu. Two great events, graceagenda.com and your Perspective Student Weekend here at NSA. Hope to see you there and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And my voice is distorted with a cold this week. Your treat. Your treat. Everyone will love that. If I get into one of my new sneezing fits, you'll also be blessed. She came equipped to my car with Kleenex, though, so she's ready for that. In case of emergencies. Yeah, she's ready. Yeah. So, how have we all been? We made it through Easter. We did that. We made it through Easter. I should tell you about my Easter dress. Please. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'll tell you about how I didn't have one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that I considered I should buy a dress, but I didn't yeah. buy a dress. But I bought a dress a year ago for my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's wedding okay. that I decided to return and did, as far as I knew, return it. But, yeah. <laughs> but like two days before Easter, Luke brought it home from his office in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he took it, and and it was in his office on a shelf for a year. <laughs> and then he brought it back. So Easter morning, I was like, "What was this thing?" And I didn't even really recall. It was pretty boring. It was not like yeah. a you know flash bang dress <laughs> of any kind. But hey, it fit, and I clearly owned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like it belonged to me now, so pretty good. So that's what I wore. It was like really prepared that I ordered a full year in advance. I I failed in all the ways on Easter outfits because I was in the middle of trying not to fail in all the ways on my girls' (coughs) protocol Protocol dresses. Yes, so I've been sewing myself into a decline at home, and we've got two evening dress is almost done and the event is tomorrow well that's good that they're almost done yeah I just have to <laughs> finish the lining on bells and I have to hem both of them I feel like we always this time of year is always frantic chaos like it yeah. just is it's like the way that it is but I feel like this year it is worse because well we're about to list our house Oh yeah, yeah. So getting our house ready to sell yeah, while that's a we, thing. we, the nine of us and the dog live in it. Yeah. And <laughs> I keep telling myself, this is not a job for the faint of heart. No. And then I say in all caps to myself, "Do not be faint of heart," <laughs> because this is obviously a job for yep. you. So if the weenies couldn't do it, then you better not be the weenie. <laughs> God signed you up yep. for this one. Yep. And it's, it's funny. It's and you know, thing. you know that we are in a place in life where we needed to paint over dirty footprints on the ceiling. Uh-huh. 
And you know, when that's happened, <laughs> you feel like, is there anything right in the world? Is anything if sacred? If there is a dirty footprint on the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> How big was the footprint? Like, what size shoe are we talking about? No, not a shoe. But I'm sure it happened. You know, there were bedrooms that needed to be repainted. But bunk beds? Bunk beds. And yeah. I'm sure that it happened. In the sweltering summer, someone was probably running around outside in flip-flops. Yeah. And then came in and crashed on the top bunk to read, where yeah. they dabbled their toes on the <laughs> ceiling. Not ever thinking about the consequences of flat ceiling paint with sweaty, dirty feet. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. There's but that. The good news is that we did paint over those. There are no longer dirty footprints. That's good. And... Well, the girls' room had a lot of... I'll tell you. Duct tape. I, in the midst of my flurry of sewing, um, kind of took out, took over the dining room table. Just like, this is my territory. No one may use it. Stay except, away from here. Except since our kitchen is also torn apart in the middle of a remodel, it means that anytime somebody wants to grate cheese for any reason, they come out and grate it on the Ooh, table. On or, the formals? Or... Hero has taken to uh, making tortillas all the time. Like, she'll come home from school and be like, ah, I think I'm going to make myself a tortilla. And, <laughs> and she makes a tortilla and then whips up like an egg burrito situation with a homemade tortilla. So this is pretty good. Uh-huh. But she's like bringing it out to the dining room table to roll a tortilla and grate the cheese. Anyway, this is the kind of thing that yeah. is happening. So. I'm in the middle of that kind of a life where you've got your satin and your lace all over everything with potential cheese bits flying around. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we were having somebody over for dinner, a low pressure company, low pressure. However, I was like, oh, I've got to be sewing. So I'll just throw a roast in the oven. It was like a cold blizzardy kind of a day. Blizzardy. (laughs) Blizzardy. some blizzardy weather. I think that that is a highly appropriate term. It's like it's like the feeling of March. And yeah. Anyway, so uh, so the blizzardy was April, but yeah, whatever. But it, was, it might have been March when this happened. No, it wasn't. It was just yesterday. Anyhow, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. What I'm saying is I was feeling like, no, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to throw roast in the oven. It'll be good. And it's this one that I make that always turns out fabulous and with boatloads of gravy, tons of gravy. Yeah. And it's really good. I was like, this will be great. So sewing roast is in the oven and I was just going to throw some potatoes into roast with it and make some biscuits and a salad. It'd be totally fine. (laughs) Then... At the last minute, I'm like, girls, would you run make the biscuits? Then we're out of shortening. So I'm like, would you run to the store and grab the shortening and then come back and make the biscuits? (laughs) So now we're delayed, but it's like, you know, it's a roast. So what's it going to do in there? You know? Yeah. So then they had amongst themselves a big miscommunication where Jemima thought she was waiting for Hero. Hero didn't know she was going. Jemima sat in the car forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> waiting for her. Finally, by the time that I called to say, where the heck are you? <laughs> She's like, whoops, we only just got to the store because, you know, they had this big thing. Anyway, they come back, they start making the biscuits. I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta go get the roast out. Well, I turned that roast into a little piece of chipped beef. <laughs> 
like, no gravy. It was all burned to a solid black mass. Not any gravy. So I'm like, oh, heavens. So I pull the roast. The roast is actually stuck to the bottom of my Dutch oven. I pull it out and it was like the driest, most horrifying. This horrifying piece of beef. And you're like, I did this for you. <laughs> it's like that strange Bernie smell. Yeah, that's our dinner. And I was like, you know, I think for whatever reason, I felt like a roast could just indefinitely could reside in the oven. It could do no wrong. Like while the girls did whatever they were doing, trying to get shortening for the biscuits. Anyhow. But alas. The whole thing was hilarious, and I have never eaten such a bad roast, but I, <laughs> I I served it. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could whip up a gravy. And then... <laughs> and I couldn't. I tried. It could was... you dabble your way out of that? <laughs> I was like, some butter and flour, and I had a can of beef broth, so I was like, maybe I could... Mm. Oh, man. It turned out like white, pasty, gluey, and... It... <laughs> It looked like Play-Doh, kind of like, you know, yeah. in its early set form. Yeah. It was, so I didn't Ooh. serve that. So we just had a scratchy piece of roast beef. <laughs> so anyway, oh. that's where we were. Oh, that blesses me. That's where we are. And so, yeah. I anyhow. might be too easy to please right now with that. <laughs> that that tickles yeah. me. So, anyhow, hopefully I will get these darn dresses done. But then my uh, hero, you know, has another one. She, she yeah. needs hers by next week. So, <laughs> so, so just, I'm just, just not keep even going to keep it real chill. These. No, I'm going to just start over as soon as we finish these two. So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's my life right now. Yeah, so we are getting ready to move. And then, not quite yet, but I have a book deadline. <laughs> and... We're getting ready to move, and then we have Grace Agenda coming yes. up, and that is the thirteenth, right? Is the is the it's next Friday? Yeah, next Friday. Yeah. So and we're doing Grace Agenda, and and I should say we're getting ready to launch the plan. Well, not quite ready, but we're but we're working on. We're close to launching the plan for the summertime Bible reading challenge. Oh, good. And then we'll do it again in the fall with a full Bible. But the summer is going to be. Um, reading the New Testament plus some little extra bonuses through. So, um, that's great. Yeah. So summer is going to be a good time to try to get your teenage girls on board, like get, Mm -hmm. get people on board doing it in a smaller, shorter little Yeah. More relaxed schedule. Maybe it's, we're going to do four, it's four chapters a day with the same kind of Sundays off and, and catch up days. Oh, but cool. then we'll have an option to read six a day if you would like to be reading six a day. Because yeah. if, if nothing is different in your life and you would like to stick with the same amount, yeah, sure. then then that would be fun. But I think we're going to add some kind of fun memorization challenge. And so it's reading less but less every day, but with some memorization. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it'll be that's fun. That's great. So, but that's cut. We'll hopefully settle on that and then... Yeah. That'll be coming out. Well, we... Yeah, Grace Agenda is next Friday, so a little over a week away. So, so the pre-conference... If you're close enough, you should totally come. You should. And then the pre-conference is about... Uh, what is the title of the pre-conference? Yeah, Do you remember? Yeah, it would have been good if we checked I that. think it's the... It's, it's the feminine one is about... It is about um, the Bible reading challenge and, and reading the Bible and 
Yeah. You know. So, that. and then I'm doing a ladies conference. And Becky Pliego will be here. Yeah, which will be so fun. And I will be doing a ladies conference the same weekend. So I have a multiple. Oh, that's right. Multiple. Becky talk just can't get thing. enough of ladies conferences. So. so she's doing all of them <laughs> at one time. It's like the the nesting ladies conferences. So. Yeah. So we wanted to talk today about something that we get asked about pretty regularly yes, okay, so that we never. Or we maybe have talked a little bit about it, but not that much. And sometimes I should just throw in here that we get a lot of questions and and we do like, I know that we are missing some of them, that we're not actually getting all of right. them answered. Sometimes they don't and come up naturally. Well, but sometimes we write people back and then sometimes we try and hit it on the podcast. And if we have ignored you, we're sorry. We didn't mean to. Sometimes we discover or, these things. what if we did mean what to? What if we did? What if we totally intentionally? I just mean like, sometimes I'm... I discover, wow, I've got 69 messages here uh, buried, yeah. and I never so, noticed them so or the whatever. So the thing that we were wanting to talk about today, though, is specifically mothering boys, boys. Because we do believe that boys and girls are fundamentally different and created and, you know, different by God. That, that that is pretty much a hardcore illegal thing to say. I know, and it's ridiculous, because you say if you believe in the Creator, then He's the one we're supposed to be... You know, if you want to look for a, 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 a user's manual on how to do this, go to the creator, not yeah. to what's popular in the world. No. Who's... No. And know. so boys and girls are totally different. And in some ways, you ought to parent them just the same. And in some ways, you ought to parent them not at all the same. And so I think that's the question of what are the what are the permanent things that all your children, you know... Right. Well, have you're... to have enforced. And what are the things where it's like, no, we're going to do that with your sisters, but I think we won't do it with you. That kind well, of stuff. Well, one thing that I would say is a big ticket is the emotions and emotional control is that we expect emotional control from both of our children. Both. We have seven. But <laughs> both, both kinds, the boys both and the girls. Varieties. Yes. We expect them to control their emotions, but we also expect them to use their emotions differently like to be differently it's not one straight like so for instance we don't indulge crying and self-pity in either gender no right we're like that's not attractive on Mm -mm. anyone at all but we talk differently and counsel differently the boys and girls like we're not going for the same finished product exactly we want men and women and we want, but the thing is, you want godly men and you want godly women, but the virtues and the strengths are are going to manifest differently, even if it's the same virtue, it will look different on a man than on a woman, and it ought to look different on a man than on a woman, so, um, you know, you have to insist on holiness across the board, but then you have to be able to have the wisdom to see that it's different for a boy. Right. So one, I guess an example would be that uh, if we have a daughter who is really naturally compassionate that and uh, naturally their heart really goes out to things, we will teach them to you need to control that mm-hmm. because you cannot be manipulated by that and you need to know that you are being compassionate where God wants you to be compassionate like right. like the control of these emotions is something that um that you are better equipped 
to love and be compassionate when you Mm -hmm. can control it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know that movie, The Dropbox? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our kids watched that a long time ago. and, And so that is a good, it is a good example. You know, where we're talking about people who are really truly compassionate in the sense that they lay their lives down for for others. Mm-hmm. It's not an emotional festival. They would be absolutely unequipped to yep. lay their life down for people if what they were actually doing was indulging in their own emotions. Yes. And that is the thing. It's like mm-hmm. we don't let any of them indulge their emotions, but we want our daughters to grow up to be compassionate, loving mother characters who have good control of their own feelings, right? And boys is different because it's a, it is, we don't want them to grow up to be compassionate mothers. Oh, right. I was going to say, yes, we do, Rachel. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want them to be nice. (laughs) That's not our goal at all. (laughs) I disagree with her. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we don't want them to grow up to be compassionate women with no. female gifts of compassion. No. We want them to be men who are compassionate, well, uh, which is different. It is protective. Yeah. It is it is a different thing. Yeah, and I think the thing is, we want to have strong daughters, and we want to have strong sons. But a feminine strength is very different from a masculine strength, and you have to be learning how to foster both of them in the right places. So you have to teach your son to be tough. Like Uh you just have to, and you want your daughters to be strong too. And we would make them be tough. And like, like you said, we don't indulge fits of crying and self pity in either gender. No. So it's not like, Oh, you're a girl. So therefore your emotions can run free. No. Or, Oh, you're a boy. I don't want to. But there's a kind of physical, emotional strength and toughness that I want to see in my boys that I would actually be very appalled to see in my girls, even though I want them to be strong. Right. But it just looks different and it, and it's the younger they are, the less easy it is to tell apart. But I would give some examples is for my young boys. I would say sometimes like if they were fussing or if I said, no, you're not going to do that. And they were like, as we say, acting like a piece of melted cheese or something. Mm -hmm. They're doing that. In that context (laughs) with a boy, I will make them do push-ups or jumping jacks or like you will shake it off and you will start Mm -hmm. over and you will act like... So another thing is when we pray with our kids, um, for some reason this isn't as much of a temptation with the girls or I don't recall it being a temptation with the girls. Maybe I'm just my girls are older than my two youngest boys, so right. I can't remember. But when there's been discipline or whatever, when they're crying for some reason and we go to pray, I make them, they'll say, dear God. And I say, no, use your man voice. <laughs> yeah. And they, right. You say, dear God. Like, <laughs> yeah. and they dear God. Say, nope. <laughs> Start over. Start over and do it this time in your brave man voice. (laughs) And so, and they'll do it. And I keep telling them, like, I talk in a voice. I don't talk baby talk at baby boys, even, Mm -hmm. or baby girls. But I say match my voice. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't say it. I say, say, dear God. (laughs) Like, and then say, forgive me. It's like, forgive me. 
for being unkind to my sister. <laughs> you know, like, and and when they want their temptation is for being unkind. It's like no, no. You say it yeah. like a man, and you own up to what you did, and you stand tall, and mm-hmm. you say forgive me, mm-hmm. and you give me some jumping jacks, and give me a high five, and yeah. and then at the end of this, this is we've talked about this before, is that at the end of this with my boys it's much more of a I'm proud of you like you're a good man you stand tall and you honor God and like you know we talk like that and with our daughters we're saying we love you so much you know like like and while we respect our daughters and we love our sons we fill up their tanks more specifically with respect for boys and love for girls and I do think this is a case where mothers like what you were talking about earlier, being a compassionate mother. I think sometimes our tendency to be a compassionate mother ends up crippling our children. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with boys where the, ten- the the tendency is to want to rush in and shield him from bruises or bruises to his body or soul or spirit. You yes, know, like, no, because he's such a sweet, him. he's such a wee little man. Yeah, let, yeah. Me, yeah, let me just like hover around him and not let anything hurt him. And I think this is one of those times where um, you have to learn to see what you're fostering and how compassion and Try to look ahead 20 yes, years. Try and, to see this as someone's father. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> compassion and and tenderness sometimes means no, you absolutely may not cut him any slack. You make him stand tall and be a man and don't droop and, you know, whatever. Because you're trying yeah, to turn and, him into a strong man. And you don't let man. him be a weeny competitive loser. Like, and I can't, I can't let this moment pass without saying that uh, we were looking at in lit class at um, some of the Plutarch's sayings of the Spartan women. <laughs> and the Spartan women do not sound like anybody you wanted to run into ever. Ever. No. Yeah. Not the Spartan men, but the Spartan women in particular. Well, seem I don't to think be... the Spartan men had a reputation for being the best to no. run into. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, none of oh, them. Oh, but yeah. the thing is, is the uh, sayings of the Spartan women, of course, there's the classic that everybody knows where they would send their men off to war and say, come back with your shield or on it. You yeah. know? Um like either come back either with win or die or dead, but win don't die, come back but, a loser. But don't be a loser. Don't <laughs> but, expect a warm meal if you come. So back. I'm not going to go the distance on this part, women. But there was this one really great line that somebody said: "Why are you the only race that uh, rules your men?" And, she, and the Spartan woman said, because we're the only ones who give birth to men. And I thought that was like, wow. Woo, daggy. There's some. There's a there's, burn in yeah, that. There's some wit there. It's However, so good. not that we want to rule our men. That's not what we're saying. No, but. But, but give birth to, to men. men. And real men, not weenies. And, <laughs> yeah. and this Gosh. is a thing that like, so my five-year-old right now, uh, we have a thing, a running joke right now. And it's not, this is not. This is just something that I do with it, where I say, you, like, if I, I said, you know, he's little. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. I tell him, like, you have to be strong. Yeah. Because I need to be able to lean on you and have you yeah. not fall over. Yeah. So, this is what we sometimes <laughs> do, is I try leaning on him to see if he <laughs> won't fall over. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not putting all my weight on him. But my point is, is that I'm saying, you stand strong. Like, you don't lean on me in church. 
Like, you don't whiffle around and (laughs) not be able to hold yourself up. Like, you stand tall so that I I need to lean on you. You don't fall over. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that it makes him proud when he is standing tall. Mm-hmm. And I can, and, and I tease my boys about, you give me, a, will you still hug me when you're taller than me? And I'm going to be, yeah. you know, like, you give them respect and, and anticipate think, them being respectable characters. Yeah. And, and then parent according to. And whatever your son's, like, every kid, no matter the gender, every kid is a totally different ball of wax. And. You have to look at them not as a, just a generic boy, but as oh, this man. particular boy. What are his failings <laughs> and what are his strengths? And what you're obviously trying to do is teach him to maximize his strengths in a way that, you know, fills in on the weaknesses. So if your son is naturally really brutally competitive, as some boys just are, mm-hmm. then you're going to want to you're going to be trying to teach him to keep that in check and, and to be compassionate and to, you know, all of those things. But if you have a kid who's naturally fussy and whiny and backs away from conflict, you're going to have to try and, you know, teach teach him him how to face up to something. And, and there's lots of different ways that you can, um, you know, that you can do those things. But if you have a son who is given to little outbursts of rage, it's like, you spend your time <laughs> fighting that. Like, yes, don't let that happen. I in have your referred son. before to the alpha dogging your little boys, which is that little boys need respect, but they also need to honor their mothers. Like, they need it. Like, this yeah. is fuel. I love right? the proverb about and, do not forsake the law of your mother. Right, and and honoring your mother is an incremental step towards being a good man. Like yeah. it is an important foundational yeah. thing. And don't be the kind of mother that does not insist on that. Like that do, does not yeah. enforce that sort of thing. You know, like mm-hmm. that lets it go that mm-hmm. someone someone yeah. fusses at you. But obviously, you don't want to be a a be someone that is honorable also because yeah. don't be someone you don't who's, need to be a drill sergeant no i remember one time getting really tickled by that that um passage about when the bugle gives an indistinct noise yeah. who will get ready for battle <laughs> yeah and i got so killed by it but it's very true that mothers can do this where you are giving 10 million commands mm-hmm. in a row and following through on none of them. Yeah. So what you're saying is get your shirt. No, put that over here. Come here. Turn around. Stop it. Let me tuck that in. Go put your coat on. Why haven't you put your socks on yet? Like yeah. where you're just like, and there's no earthly way that they could have done everything that you said. <laughs> and so they, they, you're teaching them and training them over and over to disregard what you're telling them yeah. because it's actually impossible for them to regard it. Like, like if you say, get me that, and then you go get it, and then you say, stop that, but you don't follow through, or you Mm -hmm. do whatever, it's like, under, under talk and over deliver, like, right, because the thing is, if you're training your son, well, daughter, for that matter, um, like, I can say this 12 times, but when you see me get up off the couch, that's when I mean it, so, (laughs) so the thing is, is, don't train your kids to do their duty only under sort under, of... In crisis. In crisis. Yeah. Train them to just immediately right. do it. So one of the things that I do with having the kids help clean up, and I think that this is important. I'm just going to... 
I used to think that this was a flaw in my system, and now I think it's working for me. You've come to embrace it? I've come to embrace it. So, I'm just going to say, it used to be like, what is the system yeah. to keep the house clean? Yeah. But I'm realizing that my children need to learn all kinds of different lessons all the time, according yeah. to circumstance. And that actually, that that's been good for them. You know, like, mm-hmm. so there are times when I say, I want you to go downstairs to the playroom and look at the mess and then come back up and tell me what are like the two biggest things that need to be done. Yeah. And then when they tell me that, I say, now you go take responsibility for that and make it happen. So everyone has self-assigned yeah. the most important task. And that's because what I want them to be the kind of people who can actually evaluate what needs to be done and do it, not just fulfill a meaningless, like, you know, like whether yeah. or not this needs to be done. Like, do and I think it's something that so sometimes we do that sometimes we do things that are way more like speed cleaning everyone works till everyone's done the music's on this is the area yeah. we're cleaning yeah sometimes I threaten with Cheez-Its and mustard oh I've yeah you've that. talked about that that's good sometimes I give star rewards for mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. sometimes if you do something awesome I throw marshmallows at your mouth that's yeah. like we change it all around all the time. Sometimes I do dollar jobs. You know, it's like just whatever. Yeah. But it's because you don't want to be like what I want my kids consistently to do is to be responsive to what I tell them yeah. to do and to And you know, do the it. thing is, is I, I think teaching, well, again, all your kids, but the boys in particular to honor their responsibilities. Do not be the mom (coughs) who runs around making excuses for her son's failures. Like, don't be that person. Because you need your son to be dependable. You need him to be the kind of guy who does what he's been assigned to do. You, Uh You don't want him to get used to having excuses made for him by the women in his life. Because, I mean, what a monster you're creating right there. And so, like like insist that he do his duty at school insist that he do his duty his commitments if he told somebody he would mow the lawn but right now he's just feeling a little bit like i'm tired i'd rather not mom. don't be the mom who says he's just tired and i i need him to take a nap it's like no suck it up go mow the lawn and when you come back i'll let you lay down <laughs> but you go get it done <laughs> yeah. and so like be the mom that insists that he turn in his his schoolwork on time you know, be the or mom. that he take his penalties. Yeah, for not having done it. Right, like, that's and, how it happens. And that you don't, um, you don't run around behind him, picking up his little messes. I will say one other thing because we have a bunch of kids pretty close together in age. So I will say one thing, which is sons and daughters being competitive, like having the mm-hmm. like when your sister outdoes you and sure. it hurts your yeah. feelings, mm-hmm. or it is a struggle bus to. Right keep on keeping yeah. on yeah um i remember the very earliest when we were potty training our twins that uh they were at exactly the same level of achievement <laughs> like <laughs> just exactly the same level but then chloe had some measure more success <laughs> and it was like the switch had turned and titus was like it's not really my thing. Like, <laughs> like it was like she's into it. She's the potty trainer. She's I'm the not. one. She's the one who likes to potty train. I'm the one who doesn't. And it was just 
they were at exactly the same level. And obviously he was not verbal enough to say all of those things. But right. that was how it came off. Like, yeah. that's what she's good at. Not my scene. <laughs> and, and uh, but I remember it being like, you're kidding me. Like, we had to go a real extra mile to be yeah. like, you are not quitting on this yeah. because your sister succeeded. Right. Like, which is a really funny problem to have at that <laughs> level. But it was one that we realized that's going to be something that's in the life right. of twin sister mm-hmm. and brother mm-hmm. is like, nope, that's not how it works. Well, but we had one of those, given that we have all these little boys and girls, if they get competitive like that, we've talked with our boys about here's how you handle a sister who's better than you at something. Yeah. And that is you thank God that you have sisters who won't let you be a slouch. Like, yeah. and you don't quit. Like, yeah. too yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, pony up mm-hmm. further up and mm-hmm. further in and yeah. cheerfully further up and further and, in. You know, I would also say that um, <clears throat> respect your husband's uh, instincts on raising boys because I'm not saying you, that every husband in all the land always has only the right ideas. I'm not saying that, but um, often, I, that's what I heard. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Along with we don't want but, our sons to grow up to yeah, be compassionate. Yeah, this is what we're saying mm-hmm. is that men are always right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that, but you know the classic sort of moment where the dad wants the boy to play football and mom's like no it's too dangerous he'll get hurt and like no it's not good I don't want him to box because you know whatever he might get punched um (laughs) the the thing is is that when your husband thinks it would be good for your son to do something dangerous go with it you know because don't be that don't be that one who was like no no get behind my apron yeah yeah and don't be the one who's trying to run interference between your husband and your son now i'm clearly we're not talking about extreme cases here not like if your husband was like hey why don't you go jump off the roof that would be that would not be the one Then you could be like hey sweetie can i talk to you in the other room for just one second that real fast Yeah. yeah but also that just reminds me of something which is not at all on this subject, but it's just one of those life things, is that don't ever let your children see you question your husband's decisions in front of them. And I'm not saying you can't talk about it, but don't do it in front of the kids. Like, oh my word, do Find not do way. it. Find a Find way, to, a way. To, to make yeah. eye contact and say, can we talk about yeah. that? Shoot him a text, whatever. Oh. Just say, hey, could we chat what about if? this before you make your mind up? You know, like, of course, give input and everything, but don't have your husband... Find ways to be gracious yeah. and not and not dishonoring your Don't husband. be undercutting your husband's authority in front of the kids. Like, it's just the worst. Even... I even, will say one other thing that I do that I don't do with my daughters that I do with my sons. Okay. I'm not sure that I can... They love this, so okay. just yeah. put that on the table. Is it's a game that I only do with my sons, and I tell the girls, no, it's just for boys. Like, okay. this is not for you. Which is, I say, give me five, and I'll give it back to you. Okay. So they they give me five, and I slap them in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so it's obviously like a dodge game, but, like, where right. they give me five, and I, and I yeah. pop them in the side of the head, and they love to try to get away. Yeah. But, like, Titus now, it's good luck to me ever making yeah. contact with right. his head. Shad and Moses right. just come and get beamed and yeah. die laughing like they yeah. think it's hilarious. But for the girls, I'm like, no, this is not a girl game. Like, this yeah. is only something 
that I do to the boys. Like, yeah. and they love it. And yeah. and as funny as that is, it's this kind of thing that makes them feel like this is a different right. And I would we are say different creatures. That, like roughhousing is essential, I think, to boys <laughs> in a way it's not essential to girls. Like, no, you might have a rowdy girl that. Oh my likes word! To, I remember but my two things when Titus was really little that stood out to me because he was my fourth child but my first boy so is that he would get in the funky fussy not you know like and I'm talking about like little probably one year old you know where he was just having the malaise of the day (laughs) and the thing that would bring him out of it like nothing else was when I would throw him on the couch like when I would like tickle him or just like throw him on the couch or be like that or we call it the respect a puzzle where I would have him do the little, like, you know, like the classic barn puzzle with the handles. Yeah. But just be like, encourage him that you're really, like, good yeah. job. Or, you yeah. know, like, give him real specific mm-hmm. praise. Mm-hmm. Very different from girls. It was a yeah. different need set yeah. than I had not experienced no, as much. it's totally true. And I feel like, um, you know, one of the things <laughs> with Judah, our youngest, that been totally just dead for ages with them actually he did it the other day which was a real flashback which is why I <laughs> suddenly remembered it where they'd be wrestling dad uh, you know Ben and Judah and he would say you have to say dad's the smartest ninja and he would <laughs> and he would be like tickling him and sitting on him and Judah's like freaking out and squirming and then he'd finally be like dad's the smartest ninja he's the smartest ninja and then you know like he would he'd be like what was that I didn't quite hear what was that anyway <laughs> but it's like he didn't do that to the girls you know like no. <laughs> it's like you don't you but it's there's something just so healthy but about the girls the, the girls do also roughhouse with daddy but a lot less less so it's a lot and less also not nearly as late no <laughs> it stops earlier yeah but and there's the tickling or the throwing and stuff but that, like also you know with judah when he was a kid um not letting him get into a funk was always I mean with all the kids you don't let them get into a funk but with him I remember particularly trying to um like we would he has such a funny sense of humor and he could not keep a straight face if if you started kind of joking him out of his Uh mood you know like kind of making fun of the bad little fuss that he was in he couldn't keep a straight face and then he would die laughing and then he would be like through it and he would he would you know say he was sorry and he'd move on so it's like there's lots of different ways to teach the boys, you know, and I think like responding with humor to difficult right. situations is a really good thing. I would say one other important tidbit is, you know, we believe in the power of naming kind of like oh, that, man, yeah. that and something that is really critical for mothers to do with their sons is to name what they will be and honor them and fight for that like in the sense of we will tell our boys you are a Christian man yeah do you know what I mean like that's what you are you Mm -hmm. will honor God all your days yeah you know and this is this is what you're going to do basically so when they are in trouble for fussing or something we're saying this is not consistent with your calling you know, like you've yeah. been called to something yeah. and this is in the discard pile. <laughs> this is, this is the behavior well, <clears throat> that fits not. What is the, who was the classic mother? Was it Spurgeon's mom? 
when who I think was, it was Spurgeon? It? I wanted to say that that was that that was Edwards. Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards. Edwards. Okay, so whoever it was, fill in. Boy, great, did she ever great sort of new height. Yeah. So the uh, he was not living as becomes a follower of Christ, <laughs> and she. Are you googling this? I was gonna because see if I'm that gonna was I'm gonna end up like probably butchering the quote. But she said, "I just want you to know that on the last day, so when good. God condemns you to hell." Your mother will stand there and say amen. That your mother will be there to say amen. Like, that <laughs> is... Like, woo, doggy. And that, that I, whoever it was, if it was not Edwards, if it was somebody else, whoever it was, that marked the turning point yeah. in their life. Of like, <laughs> if my mother is the one saying, God will have done rightly when he sends you to hell. That you think, yeah, the thing is, I'm like, gonna need to reconsider my ways. <laughs> like that is a faithful woman right there. Yeah, and like be I'm that sure, kind of mother. I'm sure, also desperate. I'm sure that yeah. at that point she yeah. was yeah. prayed out to wazoo and like pretty yeah. But I but I think that the thing is is that you need to help both with sons and daughters. You need to have a creative vision of what their life is for and what God wants them for. And that doesn't mean and a creative vision for the details. The, it's not no, for the details. It's not about it's their, for the heart of the no, matter. It's not for their job and their college degree no, and their fashion no, sense. No, it is for God called you according to his purposes yeah. and that we know what things he doesn't want you bringing with you to right. your whole life. Like, Which is like... Uh, being self-absorbed, making excuses, self-pitying, right. fits and of wrath. I, and when I pray with my boys, I'm always praying for uh, that they'll be strong men of God who will honor him all their days. And like that this is, you know, that the way we talk to them about their life is that you're called to something, you know, like, and w- not at all the details. Yeah. We're not getting into their gifting or their no, whatever. No. Just fundamentally, you're a man called to honor man God. Of God. Yeah. Yes. And I just, I think it's everything that we're saying is applicable to girls also, but in a slightly different way. Like you just like, it's, it's a lot like, you know, you picture a couple dancing. They're doing the same dance. They're doing it in sync, but one of them's doing it backwards sort of like it's, it's the same thing except for there are adaptations well, and yes and so you have to um you have to modify and you have to teach the same virtues but you have to be able to adjust for the feminine version and the masculine version and it's always helpful to just fast forward and think like this little person imagine what that's like as an adult imagine what he's in like no as a time college flat, kid this person's going to be a teenager and yeah, you and, don't have and it's like we are looking at this disastrous group of millennials and it's like, guys, we've got to come up with a better option here. <laughs> like, we, we need to have these men be men and not these noodles that are, that are wafting about feeling sorry for themselves all the time. Like we, we really have to raise up a generation of men and women who are actually strong and faithful but women who are faithful like women and men who are faithful like men. Or just faithfully men and yeah. faithfully women. Like that we, like it's that Psalm 100. The, uh, <laughs> I like how I started saying that without remembering what the verse is that I'm saying. <laughs> but it's the, the one about he is the, we are the sheep of his pasture. Like, uh, oh my word, how does it start? 
it is he who made us and not we ourselves. Right. We are his people and the yep. sheep of his pastures. And it's this, it's embracing that, that he made us and not us. And then right. we obey him in what he made us right. for, which is why it's not actually all up in the air all the time what right. you're going to be. And if you tend to explain away your son's behavior, uh, no matter how old he may be, if, oh, well, he's just very sensitive, or, oh, well, he's really emotional, or, oh, well, he's really competitive, or, oh, he's really... Then what you're doing is you're naming his weakness, and it's like, well, what are you going to do about that? Oh, he's really emotional, so how are you going to solve that problem? How are you going to oh, use that Oh, he's really competitive. How are time. you going to make sure that that's a faithful c- competition? You know, oh, he's just really moody. Well, how are you going to make him stop? In, <laughs> in most of those things, it's like, it's matters of self-control like not being able to not being able to control uh what you have going but one last thing i should say about boys is that scripture is when it says the glory of young men is their strength like that it is not something like all of these things we're saying to not do is ways to cripple and slow down and and make your son less of a strong man and a force and you don't want that you just really really don't want that like no you want you want the plan for how god is glorified in through young men to actually come to pass in your young men (laughs) right and so if the glory of young men is their strength and you're like well my son is naturally a weakling well one of the things that we've made sure to do is teach him to make lap quilts (laughs) while he reads little house on the prairie Does it matter if it's a literary great work? It should not be the defining great work of your son's life. No. And and baking muffins is fine, but not as a nonstop pastime. No. And all of these things, it's very different with, like, we want our boys to learn all kinds of things, but we're not trying to raise up our boys to be domestic. Goddess. Yeah, we're not (laughs) trying to get there. No. We want them to be able to make a decent food to feed themselves or to do things like, but it's a totally different goal with our daughters. And there's lots of things that like, if your son starts gravitating towards something that's just kind of inherently feminine, gravitate him back out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Gravitate him back out of it. And also don't be weird about it. Just be like, you know what? That's actually not one of the things that we want you to pursue. Like if your little tiny, you know, person is spending a lot of time learning to fix doll's hair be like, hey, here's a hammer and a nail. Come pound some One stuff. One thing we're going to do is not that. <laughs> Which is not to say freak out and get worried if your kid ever no, like, and messes I love, with a doll's hair. No, Moses just, is epic with a baby doll from time to time where he hauls that thing around and it, and it tickles me really badly, that one, because it's the doll named Fatty. And he takes it very seriously, his work. And I have no problem with that because it's like daddy you know what I mean there's nothing weird about it it's weird if it starts to become a thing or if I like bought him a diaper bag to pretend more to play with the baby but if like one of my boys was wanting to fix his sister's hair all the time and talk to her about her outfit he'd be like well no no that's really not for you let me go ahead and give you a heads up yeah no we're gonna not go there and yeah and same with if our daughter started getting into fierce sports of some kind we'd say hey Hot dip. No, nope. like no. Your your brothers can box, but you're, you're actually not going done to. with self defensing. Yeah, we're yeah, done with we're that. Not going there. Yeah. 
So anyway, so well, now that we've politically incorrected <laughs> up and down the block, we did just politically incorrect. But the thing, the important thing is to not be afraid of like what the world says about genders is in total rebellion against what the creator yeah. says about it. And don't like fact check things that we said. If you think something we said is off, fact check it with the word of God, yeah. not with would it be popular on scary mommy. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, yeah. Like I don't give a rip what scary mommy thinks nope. about it. Like, no. Nope. Check with the word of God. Does yeah. he say boys and girls are different, or that mothers should be, you know, or that men should behave in a certain way, or that exactly. women ought not to behave in that same way? One of the ways that women ought to behave is they ought to pick their kids up at school on time. It's one of the which things. is it's what I need to things. go do now. So. Thank you all for coming. Thank you. We're going to just call it off there. So what's our tip is uh, don't raise a wimp. (laughs) Do not, or as we sometimes say, don't be a weenie baby. No, just channel a little bit of the Spartan women. Not too much, but a little bit. Just a Actually, back on the subject remember the time that we told everybody off, you know, about do your dang duty. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. I will just close with this, which is another saying of a Spartan woman. Oh, so good. She was on the block being sold as a slave, no doubt after her city was conquered or something. And she was being sold as a slave, and the man who was pondering buying her said, If I buy you, will you do your duty? And she said, Yes, and if you don't buy me. Which is like, yeah. Don't insult a do Spartan woman. Your duty. She's gonna do her Regardless duty. Regardless of you, I'm doing my duty. That's so good. Anyway. All right. All right. Next time. Bye. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize, I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.